Welcome to Walker Retail Ranger. What's up, everybody? I'm Walker, also known as Retail Ranger. This podcast is about my personal and professional experiences from working in the retail industry for over 35 years. Each week, we'll have a different co-host and an interview with another retail ranger. We hope you enjoy listening to our banter. Let's do this. Now it's time for Walker Retail Ranger. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Walker Retail Ranger. Uh, Today, I have my beautiful wife, Liz, as my co-host. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let her get started here by asking her, Liz, how did you get started in retail? Hey, well... I got started in retail. Um, it was kind of a long and windy road, but I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was a little kid. Interesting. Yep. And um, right, being raised on a farm and seeing what vets actually do, that scared me a little bit. So I decided I was going to be a teacher. So I went to college for, didn't make it through two years, got kind of frustrated and um, just started picking up little jobs here and there. One, one of my very first jobs was working in a grocery store in a little small town. Like an independent grocery store? Yes. Okay. And um, I was a cashier. All right. So that, that was interesting. Um, met a lot of interesting characters along the way. I'm sure. I, let me ask you a quick question about that grocery store. Did they have uh, PLU numbers and UPCs and all oh, that stuff? Oh, no. Everything was, um, it was tags with a Garvey gun. Oh, Garvey gun. Yes. Good call. All right. Back in the day. I remember back in my day when I started in produce, we had an ink stamper that we would have to put the PLUs on, like the oranges. And that sucked because when you got the box of oranges out of the cooler, they had this moisture slash condensation on them. So the ink would smear and you'd wipe it off and you'd go home and you'd have black fingers at the end of your day. But anyways, enough about that. Go ahead. Well, I... Um, since I was going to go to school to be a teacher, one of my jobs was being a teacher's aide for summer school, and that was not for me. Okay. So that's one of the reasons I decided to move on. Did that um, kind of give you like a perspective on what it was really going to be like, and you decided? Yes. Okay. I, I wasn't prepared sure. for um, elementary school kids acting up. Yeah, as they so, do, as they do. Anyway, I, um, I've got several jobs um, working as a server in restaurants, um, in retail. I started off with um, Hannaford, actually, in Richmond, and I was an HVC clerk. Okay. Health and beauty. And then I moved on to bakery. All right. So I, I, I liked that. That was pretty cool. I got to be a little creative, decorating right. cakes and stuff like that. And then um, I ended up going to Walmart I was there for seven years as a manager, and then I actually got recruited okay. um, to my last grocery store, and I, it kind of stuck with me. I, it was in my blood at that point, so it was no going back. I did try a couple other things, but yeah. I kept coming back. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's a pretty common trait. It seems like a lot of folks that get started off in retail, once they start, establish their roots you know, they always think the grass is greener on the other side and they go to try something different and then they end up coming right back in. I mean, it's... It's definitely a learning. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. What would you say was your favorite role when you were in retail? Well, once I got into management, I was given the opportunity to learn about merchandising and cross-merchandising 
for extra sales and building displays. And I love that because I was able to use the creative side of me to, you know, just make it look pretty, make it look um, enticing to customers, kind of draw their eye, especially during the holidays. Sure. So that was a lot of fun. That is is really fun. I I do like the merchandising piece of it too. I tend to be more on the operational side where I get my jollies, I guess. Um, But merchandising is fun when you're given the opportunity to take the lid off and just go with it. And it's a lot of thinking involved too, because you need to plan like far ahead for holidays that are coming up. Right. So, but that part is fun for me too. Yeah. That's awesome. So obviously during your, several different roles you've had, different leaders and managers that have impacted your career. Um, What are some qualities and attributes that you would say your best mentor uh, helped instill into you? Well, I don't have like one particular mentor in mind as far as um, the retail world. And, you know, it was kind of a conglomeration of tidbits I picked up along the way with different companies and different managers, but I guess the, the main mentor that I had, um, was my dad. Okay. Cause working on the farm, right. You know, there was a lot to do. I was the oldest. So, um, he kept me busy. It was all about work ethic, sense of urgency, and you had to get it done. It was no, we'll finish it tomorrow when you're on a farm. So, right. And he was also very much a perfectionist and someone with a, mindset of don't confuse effort with results it had to be done right or don't do it or right get your butt kicked (laughs) so he was hard on us but i tell you i I wouldn't trade it for anything well i think that's that's a trait of a good leader too is they tend to push you to where you can actually do better than you think you can right and some folks they don't they don't like that kind of leadership but I think that is the most effective to be able to have high expectations and help people reach those expectations. I think they really do, at the end of the day, have a better uh, self-worth because um, they know they, they, they worked hard to achieve the results that they actually achieved. And I, I do want to go back to that confuse effort with results phrase. It's, I learned that a long time ago myself, and I can't remember who instilled that in me, but let's expand upon that a little bit because a lot of times people think when they've tried their best, that that's good enough. And to some degree, I guess, yeah. But in reality, just because you tried hard, but you didn't get the results that were needed, it's not necessarily a good thing. I know it's kind of a jerk thing to say, but you know, in in reality, you need to have high expectations and people have to reach those. And that's when a mentorship comes in handy to where they can explain to them, hey, you know, maybe if, if you'd done it this way, um, you know, it would have worked out a little bit better or, you know, given some opinions and feedback on, you know, how maybe next time it could be easier to get the results without right. killing yourself. <laughs> yeah, and, and feedback is crucial to a mentor relationship or a leadership role in general. So if you don't let folks know how you're doing or how they're doing as far as achieving those expectations, you know, hey, you, you gave it a good effort. Maybe next time try it this way, like you said, or hey, you, you got to be honest. Hey, I was actually kind of disappointed in the way you, you got that project completed. Right. Um, you you got to let them know. I mean, you're a person, even if you're a, 
highfalutin leader, you're still a person and you are probably genuinely disappointed if somebody doesn't reach, reach those expectations. So exactly, that's kind of cool. So in the last podcast, I mentioned a couple of times teams and how important it is to have a good team around you. And obviously that takes some time. You don't just walk into, you know, a fully functioning team most of the time. I mean, I guess there's a rare occasion where that happens, but a lot of times as a leader, especially if you go into a new building, you have to create a new team. So um, what do you say are some important skills or habits for a person to be a great team member or teammate? Well, I think to be a good team member is, um, you know, to show some interest um, and ask questions and be, you know, have a little bit of drive to um, learn new things, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's huge. And so many times I know in the beginning years of being a manager, I didn't always explain why you do things the way, mm-hmm. you know, the company wants you to do them or the way you're asking the associate to, to accomplish something, but them knowing that piece that why is this important? You know, what, what results am I going to get by doing it this way? Yeah. You know, and I, I think the why, when you, when you tell somebody why it's done, it kind of creates a purpose. And I know we had talked about this a little bit earlier, but if you kind of use the analogy of a football team, you know, if they don't know why they're playing football, like you, the goal would be to win the Super Bowl championship. But if they don't know what the purpose of them going out there and throwing a little cowhide ball around is for, they're just going to go out there and play like you're goofing around in the back backyard. Pigskin, but I'm... <laughs> what, what did I say? Cowhide. Ah, cowhide. Ah, all right, pigskin. That's what they call it, and I'm supposed to be a fan, right? But you know, if if the team gets together and they know that their purpose is to get out there and win a Super Bowl. And at the end of that tunnel, they're going to get fat paychecks or publicity ads or whatever, or or sponsors, um, endorsements, that's the word. Um, They're going out there with a purpose. So if you are explaining even the most um, menial sounding job in your building, but you're not telling somebody why it's important that that's being done, they're not going to gain that work ethic or that desire, that drive you mentioned to to want to do it well. So that's, that's a great point. Other thoughts on skills of being a good teammate? Well, I think um, being instilled in the beginning when you're being trained or you're you're being brought into a new role is just having a sense of organization um, and trying to be more detailed than you would normally be, you know, in your everyday life, you know, because the little things do add up to a lot of big things like um, walking down the aisle and looking at the shelves, if, you know, the canned vegetables are, the labels are all which way, you know, it, it makes a, it looks sloppy. If right. You just take that, you know, half a second to turn the labels around. It, it looks amazing. A little extra. And, and I also mentioned that in the last podcast too, hands. Right. I mean, and, and right. you mentioned your love for merchandising. That's a great opportunity to, to show the finesse. I mean, if you've got a, a pallet of green beans sitting out there just dropped in the middle of the aisle and they're all just which way. But the, the difference between that display versus one that you've spun all the labels around. So it all says whatever brand on the front, all looking pretty. Exactly. I mean, it, that makes a big difference. And I think that does instill um, 
lot more pride in what people do. When they see it, they can stand back and say, oh, wow, that really does make a difference. Hmm. True, true. So obviously the last couple of years have been less than stellar as far as the retail environment goes. Um, what advice would you give a manager on how to handle a team in today's retail environment? Well, I think even though the last couple of years have been pretty horrendous um, on everybody, on on everyone's mood, their psyche, their um, you know coming to work and having a positive attitude through all this really helps. I mean, if you come to work as a manager and you're projecting negativity or you know you're down in the dumps, you're bringing your problems to work with you that is going to just roll through the store. It's everybody's going to, everybody is always watching you. That's true. And if they see your mood is down, it brings them down yeah. without them really thinking about it. It's, it's, you know, we're human. That's, that's part of being human is feeling other people's emotions or yeah. their moods. So I think um, trying to find some kind of positive connection you know, with your associates, when you walk in that door in the morning, it, it's everything. It gets the day started off in a much better way than walking in, you know, just complaining about what's going on in the world. You know, just let's get the job done. Let's have fun. Yeah. Well, it's funny because one of the, the phrases that I learned a long time ago was, so goes the leader, so goes the group. Right. So I think that ties in extremely well with your remaining positive. If you do walk in like, you got to take a crap and, and that's all you're thinking about, and, you know, and everybody sees that. They're like, geez, he's in a bad mood today or she's in a bad mood, blah, blah, blah. They don't have that desire. So the, I guess the other point when it comes to bringing your problems to work, I know last year in the height of all this supply chain issue, we'll call it, um, the phrase control what you can control came to mind and used quite a bit because I'd walk in in the morning and the store was just empty. You know, we were having all those mad last minute rushes, the toilet paper jam of the world where we had people <laughs> outside lined up waiting to come in oh, the toilet paper. And at that point, I mean, if you as a leader just walk in going, oh, everything sucks, you know, this is going to suck, this sucks, this sucks. You know, when I walked in, I was like, oh my God, this is great. You know, A, I'm making jokes to people well, we don't have to rotate. Hey, great time to clean the shelves. Right. Um, I mean, it just, it, it was fun. You got to kind of make it fun. Even take the worst of times and make them fun. You're pretty good at that. <laughs> I, I got, there's a few times that I got a little caught up in, and you know, the whole negativity piece of it. And it was hard to right. pull myself out of it. It is hard. I mean, you know, I'm human too. And that's one thing that, you know, your associates need to understand is you are a human being and you have feelings and thoughts just like they do. Right. And, but to, for them to see you pull yourself up, shake yeah. yourself off. I agree. You know, I think it, um, they respect you a little bit more for it. Well, and I think along with that, you have to admit it. Um, you know, if you're, if you're having a bad day, you know, snap out of it, carry on, start leading your team again. But there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm sorry, guys. I, I had a bad day yesterday. I was kind of not where I needed to be. I'm back. We're good. That's what they want to hear. That's what your associates want to hear from you, the leader. 
that, yeah, you're human, like you said, but it's going to be okay. Right. I mean, for a lot of people, going to work is a refuge from what's going on at their house. I mean, you don't know. Right. You don't know what these folks are going through at home. Maybe this is their escape. So the last thing you need to do is dump on them. That's very true. Very and and true. make them feel like they're not welcome. And I guess just going back to the team thing, one other thing I'll add is over the years in this industry, I have formed relationships with people that were deep enough that if I went to another store, they would follow me. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you get if you can get a store that has a couple of those folks that will run through a brick wall for you. Man, does that make all the difference in the world? And those are the folks that are a lot more forgiving if you do have a bad day. You know, they kind of read your your tells like one of my tells is my ears get red when I'm stressed. <laughs> right. And people say, oh, I got to stay away from Walker. And I got to be cognizant of that, too, because I don't want them to stay away from me. So I've got a couple key folks that can say, hey, man, are you all right? You know, do you need to go chill for a bit? And then it, that, that makes me realize that, hey, I, I got to snap out of this. So. <laughs> Agreed. 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 So that's part of it. So I want to guess thank you for uh, spending some time with me today. It was my pleasure. It, it's my pleasure. Trust me. <laughs> sit across my beautiful woman on an afternoon drinking a beer. Woo! Oh, pshaw. So I guess until we meet again, we will be signing off from uh, this episode of Walker Retail Ranger. Thank you for listening and uh, stay safe out there. Thank you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves. We appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves. Stay safe out there. Do what you can to avoid any danger. Have fun, work hard, and be a retail ranger. You've been listening to Walker Retail Ranger.